the, the breakdown. The breakdown. Hey everybody, Sean King here, and what you are about to hear is the Momentum Advisors Show from Allen and Tiffany, where you will learn all about financial empowerment, financial decisions. You're going to learn all about financial freedom, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Hello, hello. Yes, yes, yes. We are back. We are talking about, I'm ready to start investing. I'm ready to roll. I've been listening to the Momentum Advisors for almost- Five years? Yeah, for years at this point. Now I'm ready to start investing? I'm ready. We're not doing a good job if it took you five years of listening to our content to decide you're ready to start investing But there's somebody that- didn't listen for the whole five years. They've listened to and there's like, some people who were doing other things. You were taking care of um, high interest debt. You were paying off some other things. You were working on making more money. So there was a lot of things that have to come into place for you to be ready to invest. But now you're here, ready or not. Yes, <laughs> you love to sing. I'll give it's not you necessary. everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessary, but. Uh, you're going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of preliminary <laughs> questions that come into play when people are ready to invest. And I think sometimes people don't want to ask these questions, especially if they're talking to a professional, because they seem really juvenile. But yeah. they're not. Like, yeah. They're not. There's just nuances that most people don't know when it comes to starting to invest. And we're going to go over those nuances. Yeah, because there was a woman that we spoke to this week who has just found the podcast in the last year, but has been binging our show. And she's like, I'm ready to invest, but I need, I don't, like the first thing that they did was they put an application in front of me and it's like, which account type? And she's like, I don't know which account type do I use? Like I've got my, my, my old employer plan. Can I roll that into a Roth IRA? I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. We need to take this a little bit more slowly so that folks really understand this stuff because it's not so simple as just, okay, I'm ready to invest. And by the end of the day, I'm invested. You got to make sure you open up the right type of account. Yeah. And I think even we have kind of like oversimplified it in a lot of our previous conversations because we're usually talking about something bigger. Mm -hmm. We just say, open a brokerage account. Yeah. Start investing. Just do it. That's it. Yeah. Simple. It's like putting your shoes on. You know, it's not. It yeah. really isn't. And there's just things that you need to know. Again, there are very specific nuances that you want to take advantage of that you just want to do properly the first time. Okay. So we're going to start with the brokerage account, the taxable brokerage account. Now, this is an account that I'm going to simplify this as simple as it can get. We're going to go super simple. Like Think of a brokerage account as a checking account where you can also buy stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And that's what it is. That's really that's what a brokerage all, it's account a, is. It's a basic ass bank account yeah. where you are also able to buy stocks. Yeah, simple. You can, honestly, you could use it like a regular bank account. Yeah, you could. You don't even have to buy stocks yeah, with a brokerage account. you don't have to buy stocks with it. You can use it the same way you use your checking account, more mm-hmm. or less. But it also just has a little extra ability to purchase stocks. That's it. Simple. Now, I called it a taxable brokerage account because that's different than a tax-deferred retirement account. So taxable simply means that if I make a profit in this account, I've got to pay taxes on the profit. So if yeah. I if I buy a stock and sell it at a 20% gain, I've got to pay tax on that 20% gain. So to make it even easier, most accounts where there is opportunity to make money mm-hmm. are taxable. We at will some point. highlight which ones are and aren't and when, but just assume the government's going to get their money. Some kind of way. Right, some kind of way. So we're not saying that the money that you put in gets taxed. Mm-mm. We're saying that the money that you make, if you put money in this brokerage account and you invest it in stock and it makes money. And you sell the and stock. And you sell the stock mm-hmm. to get the money that was made. Mm-hmm. You will have to pay taxes on that return, on that profit. On that gains. So I'll give you an example. So also just like a checking account, you can open a brokerage account for a really small balance. Like mm-hmm. you could open an account with $500. Really, you can open the account with $0 and then fund it when you get some money. But imagine you put $1,000 into your brokerage account and you bought some stock and six months later, that stock was worth $1,200. Okay. $200. Okay. If you hold on to that stock, there's no tax. There's no tax. Yet. Yeah. Yet. 
So it's called like capital gains tax. Yeah. And you've got to gain it into your pocket yeah, in you gotta... order for <laughs> them to tax it, right? And yeah. so if you open a brokerage account and don't buy any stock, you just use it daily or however way you choose to use it, there's no tax. No tax. If you buy stock mm-hmm. and you hold the stock, yeah. no tax. Even if it goes up Even a thousand if, yeah. percent. Seriously, no matter how much it goes up, you're just letting it sit in that account, which oftentimes we really want you to do. No tax. It's when you buy stock, it goes up, and you use that as an opportunity to take money out. You sell. The you stock. sell. Mm-hmm. Right. That is when you have to pay taxes. It's considered income. You made money. That's Anytime a capital you gain. Make money. Mm-hmm. It's income, and you have to pay taxes on income. Yeah, that's a fact. So in that example, you bought a stock for a thousand dollars, and this thing has gone up. It's worth a hundred thousand dollars now. Wow. Right. I'm shining. If you don't sell the stock, there's no tax yet. Mm-hmm. But the moment you do, yep. baby, you owe taxes. They want their money. And if you held the stock for less than a year, you've got to pay a higher tax rate. That tax rate can be 30, 40%. If you've held the stock for a year or longer, you're in a lower tax rate. It's usually 15 or 20%. It's based on your income. So that's a taxable brokerage account. Now, look. All right. You're like, okay, I understand the taxable brokerage account. It's like a checking account, but you can buy stocks and bonds. All right, well, are there other options? They're they're asking me more questions. All right, so the next option is it could be a cash account or a margin account. Mm. Now the cash account, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Right? You put money in, you put money in there. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. you can take it out. Put yeah. it in, take it out, buy some stock. That's it. Simple. Those those are the three things. You put in a thousand dollars, you could buy a thousand dollars worth of stock. Word. Simple. That's kind of it. And you can take money out when you want to. Like that's that's the basic one. Margin is when yeah. it gets a little funny. It's a little a little more advanced. It's a little bit. You With know. margin, they'll actually give you a loan against your thousand dollars you put in the account. Yeah, this is where y'all start becoming irresponsible. Yeah, especially if you bought a thousand dollars worth of stock. They'll let you borrow five hundred dollars. You know, because you got the stack. You yeah. know, so we know it's sitting in there. Yeah, because they know that worst case, we can force you to sell your stock, and we'll take our money back that way. Like, Correct. It's not a credit product, like when you take a margin loan. But this margin can be used to buy more stock. So I could put in a thousand and buy fifteen hundred worth of stock, or it can be used to just take a withdrawal. I could put in a thousand. I'll take out three hundred dollars and go buy myself the new Michael Jordan sneakers. Yeah. So you have to be at some level of responsible or intentional when doing a margin brokerage account because it can get you into trouble. Yeah, it's a little riskier. Yeah. And and so what will happen is Alan mentioned it's not a credit product. So, you know, like they're not going to come after you. They're just going to sell the stock. Whatever you have in that portfolio, they're just going to sell it. Yeah. They're not going to really ask you about it. They're not going to talk to you about it. They're going to get their money back. That's if the investment goes the wrong way. So you bought $1,000 worth of stock. You then took out a margin loan for $500. You bought $500 more worth of stock. And now that's $1,500 worth of stock declines to now be worth only, let's say, $800. They'll be like, look, you need to put in some more cash out of your regular checking account. Or if you can't, it's fine. We'll sell your $800 worth of stock so we can get our $500 back. That's how a margin account works. And so for us as advisors, we often use margin as an option, but we don't often invest on margin. And we don't often borrow on margin for clients. We don't tell clients to borrow. We really use it as kind of like emergency, right? Like if I've got 50000 in a brokerage account and there's an emergency, rather than go to my credit card, I might go to my margin for a short-term loan against my own money. Yeah. The rates are super low on a margin loan. Okay. Okay. So now, you, all right, figured out cash or margin. Which one did you pick for yourself, Tiffany? Cash. Okay. Because you don't want to mess around. No. You don't like around. to play no games. Nope. Okay, next option, do you want to be a joint account or an individual account? We know I'm individual. (laughs) We know I don't play those joint games. So just like a checking account can be joint, right? A brokerage account could be joint. Yeah, but there's also a lot of different layers to the type of joint. We could be joint joint or just joint. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It really depends on how much you really bang with this other person. It doesn't have to be a spouse. Doesn't. Right? So it can be really anybody. It can be a business partner. It can be a friend, whoever you just want to have a joint account with. Your parent. Your parent, right? And a lot of times people want to have joint brokerage accounts so that they can invest together. Yeah. Right? Or if it's a parent, maybe the parent is putting the money up, but 
you know, maybe the other person is deciding on the investments. Yeah. It's a variety of reasons why people have joint accounts, but you don't have to have any type of marital designation to have a joint brokerage account with the person. Yeah, y'all could just be friends with benefits, with extra benefits. We and talked you, about sexually transmitted debt. We did talk about that. I but guess. You could throw caution to the wind and have a joint account with them anyway, just like Martin and Gina. I don't think they were married. Actually, no, they were they married at that time. They married. They got married, but I didn't know if they had it. If they hadn't been married yet. You know what's the new thing on social media right now? What's that? Um, so the new thing on social media right now is he's not your man if he hasn't made you an authorized user on his card. Mm, so maybe he don't really love you if he hasn't made you a joint on his yeah. brokerage account. Girl, let me ask you a question. Right. Y'all live together. Okay, that's that's cute. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Y'all got a joint account? Right. Are you an authorized user? That's a fact. You see, you know, there's levels to there's this. There's levels because, you know, people will put you out. Yeah. What if I'll put you on an, as an authorized user on my prepaid debit card where I keep $500 in limit? Like that's- The start. Yeah. You're getting somewhere. Girl, he got me on this debit card, Listen, on his credit card. It's a start. I'm more concerned about your credit. I'm more concerned about the fact that you, you have to use a prepaid card. Yeah. Well, Where, like, he don't trust you like that. Okay. It's just for you. Okay. So you could feel good at the That's brunch. It's a, yeah. a start. And then so when it comes to joint accounts, all right, what type of joint account? Like this is where it's like, come on, man. No, this let matters. me let me start trading. But this matters though. Like seriously. If you're gonna have a joint account with a person, you definitely wanna know which type of joint account you wanna get. I love these. So first is joint tenants with rights of survivorship. J-T-W-R-O-S. They will I literally write these letters after it. This is ridiculous that yeah. they could not have come up with a better term. It is joint tenants with rights of survivorship. And they don't say jetros. N- no yeah. one says that. It's no. joint right? tenant. So this is the one where if one person passes away, the assets go completely to the other person. Yeah, no questions right? No questions, no probate, no, no will. None of that's relevant. If one person passes away, the other person automatically gets all the assets in the account. Boom, done. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're married, but you've got kids from a prior relationship, Ooh. as does your spouse. Mm. That means if you pass away, everything, including your kid's inheritance, goes to your spouse under joint tenants with rights of survivors. He's new. Yeah. He can't get all that. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to have this type of account with your children. Yeah, I'm good with that. In that regard. Mm-hmm. So that when you pass away, again, there's no probate, there's no will, nobody can contest this. Except they got to be adult children. Yeah. If you're a child child, then I don't think, you, you can't really hold a brokerage account until you're 18 years old. Well. Unless it's a custodial account. Exactly. With an adult. We'll talk about that. Exactly. Yeah. So next is tenants in common. Yeah, this is a little. Tick. A little better. This one, for I that, don't know. It's a little better for that scenario where. The spouses have kids from previous relationships. Yeah, I was going to say, because if, if it's my relationship, I need to be joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Yeah. I don't, if you got me in tenants in common, it's not real. But you might have more money than do. That, what are we talking about? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm saying, let's say. If, you, if we're together and you try to put me in a tenants in common joint brokerage account, it's not real. That's not, hold it's not on. real. But hold on. Let's say, for you example. You don't really love me. Let's say you put in a million in the account. He put in 100000 like, so you don't even want me to get you 100000 You didn't even really, you, you only put in 10%. <laughs> but I'm saying, what if you go first? Now he gets your full million. You're good with that? We not. I'm not going first. <laughs> okay. I already played would with you, death earlier this week. <laughs> I'm straight. Would you put, would you trust putting more money in the joint account than him? I was going to say, if we're keeping it a buck, I'm not putting in more money than you. <laughs> I'm going to see how much go, you put in. I'll go dollar for I'm dollar. Gonna with, I'm going to put that in. I'm going to go dollar for dollar with you, bro. How about that? I'm not telling you pound that. for pound. I'm not telling you that. We're going to talk about how much would you like to put in, and you're going to say a number, and I'm going to say bet. All right, but then he's going to be like, well, look, one thing I love about our relationship is about way more than the money. Because, you is. know, like I contribute a lot because I take the garbage out. I do the recycling. You know what I'm saying? So that's basically compensation that should be accounted Any for man in the brokerage account. Any man who believes that <laughs> taking out the trash is compensation, we will not be in a relationship <laughs> with each other. Let's start right there. If you are clocking, everybody brings something chores. different. Everybody brings something different to the. Well, you're talking about a brokerage account. <laughs> I'm not like I don't know how we got into taking out the trash. So if that's the way you think, it's it's fair that you put in a million. I'm not the I one put a hundred thousand because I also put in so much effort into the relationship. So because I don't, <laughs> and all I do is make money. So again, all right. If we're in a relationship, sir. Okay. Man out there, 
It needs to be joint tenants with rights of survivorship. That's the only joint brokerage account I'm doing. If you put me in a tenants in common mm. brokerage account, we're not even really together. Okay. You basically tell me we can see other people. That's, all right. So let's talk about tenants in common. So tenants in common, it's not that bad, first of all, Tiffany. All it really specifically says is that if somebody passes away, the account gets split in half and each party gets to put their own beneficiary on there. Nice. Right, so I don't get the money. It could be if you. If you pass away, they could put no, you. No, because then would have been it have been joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Basically, what it's saying they is tenants option. in common, and it's the perfect term, tenants in common. We just in common. We don't go together. <laughs> but I will right? tell you We're something. We're just in common. So if you die, they split the accounts in half. We don't even know if it's really fair. We don't even know if you really put yeah. in fifty yeah, percent. But they automatically not. split it in half, and it goes to somebody else you didn't designate it. Why do we even have a joint account? Okay, so one thing I'll say about this. Certain states don't allow certain account types. They move. Like Louisiana is one of those states where they don't have certain types of joint accounts. And so you might have to get one of these tenant in common accounts because that's the only option in the state. Nah. Okay. That's not the state for me. I don't live in them states. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. So tenants in common, again, it is useful. Honestly, it's useful for like business partners, in my opinion. If one person passes away, then the assets will be passed down to a family member or whoever is designated. I do think it's not quite fair that it's split 50-50. But it doesn't have to be split 50-50 also. It says, you know, additionally, you could pick other percentages to split. So in yeah. your example, he could actually take 99% and give you 1%. He's not giving me anything in tenants <laughs> in common. And I'm not getting in no tenants in common bank account. So. We've decided now if you're individual or joint, and there's more options. Yeah, I'm individual, but when we come back, we're going to talk about more of the options when it comes to a brokerage account. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. So we are back. Yes. How to get started in investing. Yeah. Not even investing 101. I, I think ready. this is investing 001. Yeah, this is before you even listen to that episode. Yeah, like, this 100%. Is like, yeah, if you don't do this, this is like going in a basketball game with no shorts on and no sneakers. Like, uh, you got to get dressed okay. before you go on the court. Yeah. Okay? okay? This is the basic basics. Which is important because I think a lot of people don't know the basic basics. They just open an account. They don't know what all their options are. They don't know the tax treatment. And that's a huge ordeal because then Mm -hmm. later they're in all types of tax trouble and they don't know. It started with the bank account that you open. Yeah, word. That's where it started. And the crazy thing is there's a lot of people that see all these different options and they freeze up. And three years later, they still haven't started investing. Word. And so we're going to walk through it. We're so we're going. still talking about the brokerage account, right? Yeah. Which is the most basic way to get started in investing, opening a brokerage account. We talk about 401ks, 403bs, all types of retirement accounts. And we'll get there. Roths, all of them, mm-hmm. IRAs, IRA. We will get there. But getting started day one, easiest, is this brokerage account. The taxable brokerage. The taxable brokerage account. So we account. figured out individual versus joint. Tiffany, with her selfish behind, picked individual. Word. Okay. And there's still more options. Yes. And this next option to me is one of the most important ones. It's the transfer on death account. Yeah. Right. Now, a lot of bank accounts do have the transfer on death option. You really just have to go into your bank and ask for a transfer on death form. But this speaks to what happens when you die. Yeah. Right. And honestly, you fill this form out and automatically, if and when you pass away, the money gets transferred to this next person. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Again, no probate, no will, no contesting, yeah. nothing to worry about. Same day, the moment they're notified. With a death certificate. With a death certificate. It Not is, like I heard that person, I heard John died. No, but right, the moment that there's proof that you can show them proof, the money gets transferred immediately. I think about this for parents, 
if there is money put away for funeral expenses. I think about this for jokers who just what don't have any will. What? <laughs> I mean, got it. Sure. Yeah, jokers need to be included too, not just parents. Okay. Go on. I just think about this for a variety of different people, whether you're, it's your spouse, and again, they need access to immediate money to take care of immediate expenses in the case that something happens. Mm-hmm. Again, a will, uh, rent, mortgage, just a variety of different things. Or to Alan's point, if you are not just set a up- a regular joker. Yeah. If, if you're just not doing the whole estate plan mm-hmm. thing, you're not doing the whole will thing, the very least you could do, the very free thing you could do is fill out a transfer on death form mm-hmm. so that that money gets moved. Again, there's no probate, there's no contesting it, and it happens same day, the moment that they receive a death certificate. Yeah. Now, the only downside to it is that typically you can pick a couple people or one person, but if they're gone, you can't really often do contingent beneficiaries. It's like, look, it goes to that person, but hopefully they're still alive. Word. And versus having nothing and no will, put a TOD on that thing. Yeah. Also, sorry. Also, there's the age thing. Like, it can't be a child. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be a child. Yeah. So the person needs to be 18 years or older, only because they can't take possession of stock necessarily. Yeah. Not not in the sense of a TOD. Yeah. It has to be through a custodial account for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we good with the taxable brokerage account did Mm -hmm. we get through that application yeah give them your name address social security number listen a brokerage account is as easy to open as any account it's as easy as it gets and again it's a regular bank account that also gives you the opportunity to buy investments but you don't have to you really don't have to you don't in the same way y'all get savings accounts and (laughs) And don't don't save (laughs) so it's there do what you want to do with it you're just stepping directly on toes today don't want you to feel pressured tiffany chose violence know that it's there yeah that's your fact. call. All right. So the next category of investment account, employer-sponsored retirement accounts. This yeah. would be your 401k, your 403b, your 457 plan, your TSP. They're all, all very similar. We're not going to spend a ton of time on these because I hope y'all know about these by now. I hope y'all got jobs. And if you do have jobs, then you know about these. Hopefully, you know about these. All jobs don't offer retirement savings plans, and we will talk about how to deal with that also. But yeah, employer-sponsored retirement accounts, you either got them or you don't. Mm-hmm. You either put money in it or you don't. Yeah. Now, we could talk about the taxable portion of that. A lot of them have maximums that you could put in on an annual basis, but that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, a lot so, of times, you don't really have too much control over your investments. You get a variety of options from your employer. Um, but you can't just be like, you know, put it all on Google. Yeah. Like that's, that's just not, yeah. it's a lot less liberty, even though there's a lot of benefits that we love. So we are never going to say, don't put your money in your retirement account and only put it in a brokerage account. Yeah. There's a lot of wins with an employer sponsored retirement account. Yeah, so when people come to us and say, hey, I'm ready to get started investing. The first question we always ask is, are you participating in your employer's plan? And if you're not, you really shouldn't be opening a brokerage account yet. Facts. You need to make sure you're putting money away for retirement first. So in terms of some of the numbers on an employer plan, you can put in up to $20,500 into your 401k or your 403b plan. Annually. Annually. And that's assuming you made $20,500. You Facts. can't make 5k and be like, somehow I want to put away $20,000. You cannot work part-time and put your drug money in your 401k plan. Like you gotta have I'm to a, make our up. listeners are offended. No, I'm, I'm just offended saying. on their behalf. I'm, I'm I'm not saying that they're doing it. I'm just saying that it's not possible. Yeah, can you just say maybe the money you make on the side braiding hair? Sure. Now also, yes, this, facts for the less fortunate. For the less fortunate. First of all, chicks who braid hair ain't less fortunate. Um, they're making a lot of money. No, you're braiding it for the less fortunate. <laughs> and people who are getting their hair <laughs> braided are not less fortunate. It's expensive to get your hair braided. Speaking of less fortunate, I was in Atlanta recently. Mm. You were there. You saw Atlanta. We saw some horrible cases of homelessness and people are doing bad in in some parts of Atlanta. Here's the thing. Alan is so shocked. Alan is so caught off guard. And that's because typically when people go to Atlanta, people meeting black people, we go to Bucket. We go to Midtown. Do we? We go to Atlantic Station. Okay. I like to go down where the Olympics was. Okay, no, that's where I like to go. I like to go downtown. Go, whether you know it or you're not in Atlanta at all, you know most people are in Decatur. You know yeah. what I mean? Y'all I like are to go to the far underground, outside. But this particular time, we went to Atlanta for a conference. Yeah, and not just any conference. It was the Association of African American Financial Advisors, where two of us were awarded the top fifty under fifty. Yes, 
Thank you guys very much. That definitely happened. With that said, they had us in the asshole of Atlanta. Oh my gosh. And and that is why You're offending everybody. we saw so, so many homeless people. Every place has homeless people. Yeah. But y'all know who live in Georgia, downtown Atlanta, now. Like underground downtown yeah. Atlanta. Now. Was where you see the largest population of homeless people. Yeah, it was just sad because of how bad off they were. A lot of folks look like they really had mental health issues. And you could tell because literally they were covered in feces and urine and walking around with their pants pulled down and yeah. things like that. It's just really sad. I, I just hate to see our people like that. Totally. Also. I mean, all people like that. But Alan yeah. was just caught off guard because that's not the part of Atlanta he typically visits. It's yeah. not mine either. But when you are in downtown Atlanta. When I went to downtown Atlanta in high school, oh it was God. the time of my life. That was 60 years ago, Alan. It like, wasn't that 60 years count. ago, okay? That doesn't it was, count. It was in the 90s, first of all. <laughs> yes, they. I keep telling Living you. Living single was out. <laughs> okay? Yes, Alan used to go to Club 112 and Visions. Oh I God. get it. Oh but God. they made, all cities make their downtown area is nice for the Olympics. Once the Olympics is over, it's a wrap. Yeah. And so that's how downtown Atlanta has been. Okay, I don't but know how we got on this. I don't either. You, you just be. You went cool. to the misfortunate braids. You yeah. were like chicks who get their hair braided are misfortunate. Yeah. I have yeah. braids in right now <laughs> and I'm not misfortunate. Y'all was up late last night taking Braiding my daughter. hair? No, taking my daughter's braids out. Okay. She my daughter you? has a lot of freaking hair. She trusts you to take her braids out? Well, I cut and I'm like, look, you think this is you? I don't know. Am I cutting too high? Just let me know. It's a lot easier for me to go high. You no, know what I'm saying? You got to start low. Yeah, she might just get the asymmetrical cut oh at the gosh. end of the day. That's that's in style. But yes, if you do have a side hustle and maybe your part-time job is offering you retirement benefits, you cannot put more into your retirement benefits than what you make at this job. Yeah. So. And some of the benefits of an employer plan is you can put away a lot of money. A and match. Sometimes you get a match. Sometimes there's a match. But the money that you put in, the 20000 you can put in- A year. It gets deducted from your income. Here so if you go. made hundred k, you get taxes if you made 80000 Right. And so people are all the time trying to figure out how can I avoid paying taxes? This is it. By putting your money in a retirement plan. Hello. So as Alan mentioned, Ding. if you make $100,000 and you put away $20,000 in your retirement plan, a lot of us are smart. We just have it deducted from our check. We don't have to do anything. We don't know anything about it. The taxes that you pay, you don't pay taxes on all of your income. Mm -hmm. You pay taxes on all of your income minus $20,000. They don't even know nothing about that. They don't yeah. ask about that because they know you did the right thing with it. Yeah, and if you get a match, they ain't really trying to holler at right. that either. That's that's not, yeah. Yeah, that's, the, the match is, is sweet. Don't just stop at the match. So, but they do have options in the 401k because there's also the Roth 401k. Okay. Okay, the Roth. Anytime you hear this word Roth, I want you to start smiling. Because the tax treatment is a little different. Like when you hear that word Roth. You know. I want you to feel encouraged. Mm -hmm. When you hear that word oh Roth. My gosh. I want you to feel that wind at your back. Alan's father's a bishop. <laughs> and he, um, you know, ministers a number of but churches. But that word Roth. Can we but, talk about Roth for a minute? But the gift wasn't passed down. And I don't know why Alan doesn't know can, that. Can we discuss Roth? You are not bringing us to the Lord. Think about David in the Lions then no. if he had a Roth option. Oh, my gosh. Okay? The Roth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The thing about the Roth that I love is that, especially for younger folks, right? And I'm going to say, if you listen to this podcast, you're a younger folk, okay? Even if you're 70 years old, you're 70 years, years young, okay? If you know what a podcast is, you're definitely 70 years young. Yeah. Because ask my father what a podcast is. If you know how to send text messages... Okay, you're a young person. Yeah, we'll take it. As in in heart. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the Roth, the, the Roth. If anytime they add Roth to it, Whew. it's sexier. So it's Jesus. like it's like food, right? Like Roth. They, oh, you know, do you want some shrimp or you want blackened shrimp? Every time you add blackened Ooh. to something, you know it's going to taste good. <laughs> what if they offer you some Roth shrimp? Listen, you I'm better not, get up on that shrimp. <laughs> don't get up on the shrimp. But I'm saying like Roth is always a good word. And when it's added to any of these accounts, please, no, really, you do want to smile because the tax treatment to me is the best out. Yeah. With a Roth, okay, you don't get the tax deduction up front. So right. you made so 100, you, you get taxes if you made 100. But. And also. The money that you put in, you've paid taxes on, right? Yeah, to me, that's, that's the fine. You've, you've paid the, you're going to pay the taxes regardless, right? So Straight the up. money that you put in, you put it in after taxes. After you get your check and all the taxes have been taken out, that's the money that you put into the Roth. But mm -hmm. the upside is yes. all the capital gains. So say you just make great investment decisions yes, and you've your portfolio has grown 800,000 times. Oh, Lord. Jesus. 
When you take that money out, mm-hmm. what taxes? That's when Roth comes what down. eight hundred thousand. That's when Roth comes down to bless you. Yeah, you don't have to pay any taxes on the capital gains. No taxes. Zero. No Zero. matter how much money you made in that portfolio, you never have to pay ever, 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 ever. taxes. You put on in a thousand, gains. you turn it to a hundred thousand, tax free. Yeah, you only ever got taxed on that thousand. Drop the mic. Yeah. So if you're going to be investing for a long time, you're going to benefit from the compound interest, which is where the money resides. Where the money resides, for sure, in the in the biggest way possible. Now, now there are rules. Yeah. You can't just be dumping money into the Roth. They're not going to let you dump money into the 401k, so you can't. Yeah, they, they cap it. They cap it the same way they cap the 401k. But the beautiful thing is like the, the Roth IRA, which we'll talk about in a second, that has income limits. If you make more than a certain amount, then you can't put into a Roth. But Haters on the 401k hate. side, Haters hate. a Roth 401k doesn't have any income restrictions. If, they, if your plan offers it, you should at least select some or all to go into a Roth if you're listening to this podcast. So anyone who really does have an employer and they are offering you a 401k plan, honestly, I would go to HR and ask if they would be open to providing a Roth 401k option. Just be like, yo, can you hook up a Roth 401k option? No, I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, hook it up. Like, I heard the Momentum Advisors talking about how Jesus came down and brought down the The Momentum Roth. Advisors didn't say anything <laughs> like that. And that was Alan by himself. But I really would go to HR and I would ask, hey, would you make it possible for a Roth 401k option? When it's employer provided, I would ask that question. And I would ask it every year until they make it happen. And I would get other employees involved in making this happen because it's a win in a very major way. The tax treatments are different. But again, from my perspective, the tax treatment is better on the Roth 401k option. For sure. So what about Tiffany? There's a listener out there who wants to save for retirement, but they are working at a company with no plan or they're a small business owner and they don't have access to a retirement account. Well, you do have access to a retirement account and you do have access to Roth. Yeah, my man Roth. Can we just give it up for Roth one time? No matter what happens, Roth is always around. Yo, how come Roth don't get a shout out in the club or on the radio ever? Because people in the club and on the radio don't have 401k. They don't have no <laughs> retirement savings. Y'all want to give a shout out to my mom and I want to give a shout out to Roth. You don't start saving for retirements until you stop going to the club. Yeah, That's kind of how it goes. So yeah. there is a Roth IRA. Yeah. Right? A lot of people have heard of IRA. Mm-hmm. Okay. IRA stands for? Individual retirement account. And Roth stands for Senator William Roth of Delaware. Him. I don't know him and I don't even support Delaware. It like came that. out in 1998. Oh, that's recent. I was in the club in 98. I, I was, was promoting not. parties. I had a bus trip we used to do down the Daytona Beach and from I'm Morgan sure State. You weren't saving for retirement. But when that, when that Roth but dropped. Roth walked so we could fly. And I appreciate him. Yeah. I don't know who he is as a person. Yeah. Um, oh, Roth but is I appreciate the what you were trying to do. So if you, as Alan mentioned, if your job doesn't offer a retirement plan or you're an entrepreneur, there is the Roth IRA that you can set up for yourself yeah. and get these same benefits. Now, the limits on Roth IRAs, you can only put away about $6,000, so a lot less than that 20000 for the 401k. And a Roth is going to cap you in terms of income. So if you're an individual and you make more than about one hundred forty k, then you can't contribute at all. If you're married and you make more combined than about two hundred and eight or two hundred ten thousand, then you can't contribute at all. But if you're under, and it means as a household, so if you're married and one person makes forty but one person makes two hundred, you guys are both ineligible. But if you're single or if you file single, because some people are, you know, living dirty on the tax. That's front. not living dirty. If you're filing single, like I'm not married, married and fi- you're, yeah, you can you can not married filing single. I mean, they file single like like what marriage? Listen, if you're like that, then yeah, you could still put into a Roth. You don't know what's on their spirit and they got to make yeah. the best decisions for themselves. But yeah, the Roth IRA, it is a little haterish, right? If you're out here making really good money, it doesn't really apply to you, unfortunately. You've got to go the brokerage route and just pay those taxes on taxes. Um, but it's still useful. And we believe that all people, seriously, if you're contributing to an employer-provided retirement account and there's money left over to go towards a brokerage account, you should consider a Roth IRA. You should consider yeah. all of them. Yeah, There's facts. no reason for you not to do all of them. Yeah. What's the issue with having money everywhere with various tax treatments mm. so you can do what you want to do Sitting with it? It's pretty. It's a strategy. Yeah. The only downside to these retirement accounts, you can't touch them without penalty until you're 59 and a half years old. That half is just there to, you know, 
mess you up a little bit. But you know, with a Roth, you could take your own money back out whenever you want without penalty. So if you put in 50K over the course of 10 years and it's now worth 150, you can take your original 50K out with a Roth for almost any reason. Yeah. So we're talking about IRAs, individual retirement accounts. There's the Roth, which we love, but there's also the traditional account. This is for the person who makes more than those Roth IRA limits. Now, this account is treated just like the 401k from a tax perspective. So if you made you know, $95,000, or actually make it higher because you, you could do a Roth. Let's say you made $220,000, but you put away 5K into a traditional IRA, they would take that 5K off your income. And instead of making 220, you would be taxed like you made 215,000. And then again, just like the 401K, as that account grows and you take the money out, now you're being taxed at ordinary income. So again, they're not, there's no free ride. They're either going to get you at the front or the back, right? So the traditional IRA is getting you at the back. The, the 401k is getting you on the back end. When you start taking money out, that's when they hit you up. And again, that's only if Roth isn't involved. Yeah. Because when Roth steps in the room, it's different. Yes. It hits different. So other retirement accounts for entrepreneurs, you've got the solo 401k. Now this only works if you're a self-employed person with no employees, but the, the solo 401k allows you to put away more than what you can put away for a traditional IRA. You can put away actually 19500 And you can set it up just like a traditional 401k where you can take loans against the account I as like an entrepreneur. That. Because if I'm an entrepreneur, I am an entrepreneur. These, these things matter. I want to yeah. be able to operate just like everybody else who has access to a 401k account. So we've got more accounts that we've got to talk about. Yeah. So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to the northstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer we have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series and they're all great check them out we are back yes we are talking about how to get started with investing. Yeah. Like sponsored the before, by, before. Sponsored by Roth, but go on. <laughs> it's not. But is he still alive? <laughs> I, I wonder if Roth is still alive. Yeah. If he is. Roth for president. That's all I'm no, saying. Where is Roth? He might be a horrible individual, but yeah. if he's still alive. That's my We're guy. definitely sending you your flowers, Roth. We appreciate you. All right. I got to Google this. Hold on. William Roth. Is he still alive? Where is William Roth right now? Oh, no. He died. William Roth was born back in 1921, so he ain't even lived to see his full glory. He died in oh. 2003. William Roth. No, I mean, he got to, it was around. He it was, was a, around for a No, while. he got to see some of it. 98, he got to see it. You know what I'm saying? But He wasn't doing this for himself. This the, was his legacy. The Roth 401k came out after he died. He was doing this for his kids. Yeah. Shout out to, shout out to yeah. the Roth kids, to the Roth family. Yeah. He looks like a nice man. The photo, he kind of looks like he's got the rosy cheeks, like, you know, like a Kennedy or like That's a- That's a filter. They add that on mm, after the fact. He didn't look like that. He's got the haircut like Dennis Domenis with the swoop That definitely wasn't true. Yeah. That's a weave and a filter. It's fine. <laughs> they didn't have that back in 1921. <laughs> they definitely did. Um, so we're talking about all the different accounts you can open when you're ready to invest. We went through a bunch of retirement accounts for self-employed folks. There's also the SEP IRA, which mm -hmm. I'm really a fan of. The SEP IRA. The thing I like about this one, it just has way bigger contribution limits. So you can put away $58,000 towards retirement. I with see a you, SEP. SEP. Yeah, SEP. Yeah. That's not a person. SEP is Simplified Employee Pension. So there's also the Simple IRA plan, which is useful for small businesses that don't have any other retirement plan options. And Simple actually stands for something. Savings Incentive mm -hmm. Match Plan you better preach. for Employees. God. Without, now the issue is there's Roth. no L. I don't know why they call it Simple. It's no L. but They can't just call it Simpy. Simp. Let's see. We got SEP. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but that's it's true. the savings incentive match plan for employees. And again, the employer makes contributions to the retirement investment accounts on behalf of the employees. Yeah. So that's sexy. If you have a if you're working with a small business, a startup, and they are doing a simple IRA, 
that means they are saying that they're going to be the ones to contribute. It might feel a little pension-ish, but they are going to make these contributions to your retirement plan on your behalf. Yeah. Now, there's other accounts you could open. We're not going to go into a lot of depth, but you can open up a 401k plan as a self-employed person. For example, Momentum Advisors, we have a 401k plan. We're self-employed. We employ people. I mean, we're self-employed and we're employers. Yes. So I'm saying you could be an entrepreneur and have a 401k. You can also create a pension plan, but that's not an investment account. We'll talk about that on another show. Okay. So now let's talk about these kids. Yes, because y'all got kids. Y'all got these kids. And you are oftentimes very concerned about saving for college and making Mm -hmm. sure they have some money left behind. And so the number one thing that you oftentimes hear is the 529 plan, which gets mixed reviews because people are like, well, what if my kids don't go to college or what if they get a scholarship? There's a plan for that. But there's really great benefits from an investment perspective on contributing to a 529 plan. Yeah. 529 plan. Think of it as a Roth. (laughs) Sorry. When I heard Roth, I'm seeing like the heavens open up. My man, William, smiling down. (laughs) He's like, yeah, basically I made the 529 plan too. I don't like to get credit for it. But think of a 529 plan as like a Roth for college expenses. Yes. Okay. There's no income limit though. There's no tax break on the front end. But every dollar that gets put in, as it grows, all that growth is completely tax-free. And I think that's the part that people miss. I don't know that you recognize that the money's invested. Y'all think you're just sending money to some arbitrary bank account yeah. so that however many years later it can be taken out for school. You are sending money to this bank account to be invested mm-hmm. and so that it can grow. So if you put in $10,000 a year into a 529 plan, 12 years later, you shouldn't expect to have $120,000 in there. It should have grown. Yeah, word. And that gain, you don't have to pay any taxes on. That goes straight towards your children's education. Yeah. And by the way, if your kid gets a scholarship or decides not to go, there's a lot of options. You can transfer it to another kid or you could take the money back out and say, look, my kid got a scholarship and you're good. You might have to pay tax on the gain, yeah, but you could get your money out with no issue. And by the way, paying the tax on the gain is just almost the same thing as if you had put it in a brokerage account to begin with. Because it still grew, right? So you still are getting some returns on that. And then also the money doesn't have to be used for traditional expenses, necessarily with a 529 plan. Yeah, it true. could go towards other things. It could go towards housing. Room and board. Room yep. and board, mm-hmm. right? And not necessarily the room and board provided by the school, but just the room and board that your child will be staying in while they're in college. Yeah. Uh, computers, other things that mm-hmm. are just necessary towards pursuing your education. So it's not as black and white as it seems. And again, it is an investment account. Yeah, so it, get involved. Yeah. Now, the only drawback to me with the 529 as an investor, like I like to invest, I like to pick my own stocks. Yeah. The 529 is offered through the state and you're limited to a very limited number of mutual funds inside of this investment account. So let's say you really are a good investor. You like picking stocks. You're like Alan and Tiffany. You're going to feel a little bit con- confined and constrained in that account. But that's not a reason not to do it. Yeah, seriously. It's a great account to have. So another account is the Coverdell Education Savings Account. They don't talk about the Coverdell often. Yeah, you don't hear about Coverdell is somewhere. He's chilling and he's like, how nobody shout me out? Y'all talking about Roth, talk about me. So this is an older account. Like this came out kind of before 529s got popular. This is an account where if you make more than 110000 as an individual or more than two twenty as a joint tax filer, you're not eligible for this account. But if you make less than those amounts, You can put money in and it can grow without taxes. The only thing that's a little bit better about this account is you can pick your own investments. This is like a brokerage account. So you can pick XYZ stock. You can pick different things that you know about that the world doesn't know about. You can pick those things with this account. And so that's the only real advantage. They also max out on what you can put in. You can only put in about $2,000 per year into this account per kid. Yeah. And that's, again, based around your income. To be honest with you, like this is kind of for people who are not making significant income, so they don't expect you to have significant money to put into the account. Yeah, that's a fact. But as Alan mentioned, you do get to control the investments. And so maybe you go super hard and you're super aggressive and this thing grows substantially based off of the decisions that you've made. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah. You I have a cover I have a covered out account from back in the day when I was a young man and my son was first born and I just finished grad school. So my income was low at that time. And I hope you account. haven't still been contributing. I can't. Anymore. I was about to say because yeah. you're lying. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. You're lying. But it's grown. It's it's more. It's probably tripled since I put the money there you in. Go. 
Yeah. So other accounts for kids, there's a custodial account, which is also known as an UPMA or an UGMA. Those are your best friends, UPMA Whatever. and UGMA. I saw UGMA, UPMA and Tiffany down there Listen, kicking it. You know my best friend. Downtown Atlanta. And she ain't with <laughs> Body Olympic, is, so. <laughs> by Olympic circles. <laughs> there is no way. But yeah, there's the UTMA and the UGMA. Yeah. Right? UGMA. And the UTMA is Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. And the UGMA, which is older, more old school, is the Uniform Gift to Minors Act. And these are just accounts that are custodial. So meaning they've got to have an adult over 18 as the custodian, the person who's responsible for the account. And the beneficiary is the kid. Yes. And once that kid turns either 18 or 21, and it depends on which state you're in, at that, you know, that's what determines the age, then it's their money. But while that money is being invested, the benefit of it is that the kid's tax rate is what what applies, right? So the kid is a low-income earner, I'm sure, and so they'll have a lower tax rate. So you get a certain amount of gains where there's no tax at all. I think it's like $1,100. The first $1,100 is completely tax-free. After that, they start to tax you at a lower rate of about 10%. So you get some tax benefits, and this is for those people who say, hey, I want to get my kid started as an investor. You can open up a custodial account which is probably an UGMA or an UTMA. Now, the big difference also is what you can put in these accounts. Yes. So a UTMA, right, and that's the Uniform Transfers to Minors Act account, can hold pretty much any type of asset, real estate, intellectual property, Ooh. art, mm. all types of things can go into a UTMA. And UGMA, Uniform Gifts to Minors Act, can only hold financial assets, so cash, Stocks, bonds, yeah. securities, insurance policies can go into an UGMA, but that's kind of it. So that should help you determine if you need one or the other or both. But oftentimes parents think about, I'm saving money for my children. I'm putting money away for my children. Why not put it into these accounts and get a little bit of the tax advantage? And also it ensures that there's some sort of custodian over in the case that you pass away earlier than expected. Yeah. And the downside to this account, first downside is you can only put away about 16000 per year before the government says, hey, you've exceeded the gift tax limit. And now you got to pay tax on that. So if you're going to do an UGMA or an UTMA, you want to be putting away no more than sixteen k per year per child. And then the other disadvantage is financial aid. It, this is not going to look good on your FAFSA form. That's a fact. That's a fact. FAFSA is going to be all in your business on UTMA or an UGMA. Oh, you got money, money. Yeah. The kid got money? 16K? Here's the thing, though, and I hope that you guys are picking this up as we're talking about all these different type of investment accounts. You want to do multiple. We are. This is not the show where we're telling you which one to do. We are telling you all of the ones that are available and the goal over time It's for you to be able to put money in all of these things for a variety of different reasons Mm -hmm. and to get all of the different benefits. Yes, they have their own individual nuances. You want to be able to take advantage of all of the nuances and you will pull and invest and put money in certain places that works for you at different times under different circumstances so that you're not taking money out of your 401k to put your kids through college because you have a 529 or a or UGMA, you know what I mean? All these different things. And a lot of this, a lot of these accounts are very crucial when you do start having those estate planning conversations. It's not just a will. You can get a lot more strategic. And again, it benefits your beneficiaries in the long run because there's tax treatments and tax breaks that they get to take advantage of. Facts. Our final account on the investment account show. Yeah, because there's way more. Yeah. But no. these are the ones we feel like you need to know about. Yeah, for, for sure. So the fa- the final account we'll talk about today, Tiffany, since we've, we've, did we talk about Roth? I can't remember. Oh my gosh. Okay. The, <laughs> the health savings account. Yeah, I was hoping you were going the here. HSA. I like this account a lot. I think it gets overlooked regularly. It really does. Because it's like, listen, I got insurance mm-hmm. and I'll just pay my deductible. Yeah. And that's it. I don't need to be giving nobody else no more money. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's an investment account. Yeah. Right? And so you are putting money away um, maybe for annual medical expenses, mm-hmm. whether it's prescriptions or co-pays, but you're also putting money away for future medical expenses. See what I'm saying? Think of it like a Roth IRA for medical expenses. So you put away money, you put it into some investments. As that money grows, if you use it for medical things, including your deductible on your insurance your health insurance. Or prescriptions. If you have asthma and you are going to be using an inhaler for the rest of your life, you know that's going to be a common medical expense. Yeah. So if you've got a deductible, if you're an individual with a deductible of at least 1400 which is not a high deductible. A but year. 
that's per year, yeah. and 2800 for a family. If your health insurance has those deductibles and you qualify for this HSA account. Now, the beauty of the HSA, unlike the flexible spending account, which a lot of folks have through their jobs, this is money that, like the FSA, the flexible spending account is a use it or lose it account. Like if you don't use the money for medical, by the end of the year, then you it goes away. With an HSA, it just continues to compound and grow. And by the time you're 65, if you've not exhausted this money for medical expenses, it's just a regular IRA. You can just take it out as an old person. Just take it out whenever you need it. And yeah. you pay taxes on it. 100%. And it. I know some people might be looking forward to, you know, I'm going to move into an assisted living facility yeah. or I'm going to move into a nursing home. I, I saw a really nice nursing home and that's where I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to do those things. This money in this HSA can go towards that. Yeah. That's it. Right. So why not put the money up now so it can grow mm-hmm. and you're not paying for it dollar for dollar? So if you've got an HSA, you may not need a long-term care insurance policy. I mean, I'm saying. You need saying. to fund it yourself. Come on. There you go. Come on, somebody. The money that you were paying towards that, you could just put it into your HSA. Are you ready to get started, listener? Seriously. Are you ready? I think people hear about these accounts. They don't register that all of them are investment accounts. It doesn't register that it need to be doing all of them. Part of having a financial advisor is him setting up your cocktail. Or her. Him or her is setting up your cocktail of accounts. Or them. Listen, you're us. above me now. But yes, that you want them to determine which type of accounts you need to have and need to be funding based on them understanding your goals and your future plans. I will tell you, a lot of folks didn't know they were eligible to open up any other investment account besides their 401k at work. And if they didn't have a 401k at work, they thought that that means they're they're precluded from having to invest. No. Hopefully, they've cleared that up today. Today? Yeah. So open some more accounts. Maybe you're already investing. You're contributing to your employer-provided retirement plan. Well, get involved with some of these other things. If you don't have a Roth in your life, get one. You better get you a Roth. Okay, if you got kids, look into this 529 or Coverdell based on your income. If you're in a good relationship, get you a a joint tenant in common. No, not a tenant in common. (laughs) Okay? Not if you're trying to keep her. If you're trying to keep her. Fellas, get a TIC. Don't get a TIC. Get a joint. Okay. And then check that TIC box after she signs and then be like, we got a joint account. Because I'm a teller. Yeah. I'm a teller. Look into that joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Ladies, if he is trying to get serious with you, yeah. tell him to put it on some joint tenants with rights All right, get that joint with rights of survivorship and make sure she puts in more money than you. Mm-mm. Go ahead and do it, Mm-mm. fellas. No. no. I'm just saying, you got options. And I hope you outlive her. And all, and all of, that's not even about to happen. <laughs> um, and all of them are your options and there's no limit to how many accounts you can have. You can have all of these. Yeah. And that's a lot of winning. That's a lot of strategy and planning going on. I want it all. Okay. So we talked about a lot. Yeah. Hopefully you are ready to invest. Mm-hmm. And if you've already been investing, hopefully you're ready to invest a little bit differently. Yeah. Ready for love too. Oh Hope my that, gosh. That's the case. We're out of here. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Show. 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 Show.